0: You're listening to Don't Waste Water.
1: Sometimes I see there's a mismatch between what's needed and what's being offered. And to answer your questions, through our portfolio companies, because we have direct access to them. They are in the first line. We get all kind of insights and first-hand experience of what will work, what's not going to work.
0: Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Twist Weather podcast.
1: We look for challenges among the companies we own, and we kind of develop the capabilities to address them.
0: I'm your host, Antoine Valter, and in today's episode, I'm happy to welcome Michel Algerewish as my guest.
1: Remote skater or remote monitoring of these remote assets, you would think every utility has it. But in reality, there are some utilities today still using a technology that's called auto dialers, which is basically when something goes wrong with your lift station, there's like a connected to the towers and the ethernet to calls your phone. In 21st century, you would think this technology is outdated, but still people are using it.
0: Michel is vice president at Science Water.
1: Countless times when doing the desktop research I find these technologies that I think are just mind-blowing like wow this technology can actually tells you for example where is your leak detection exactly like this technology can do this this is like a no-brainer. Of course every utility is gonna jump over it and like adopt it. And then you go and talk actually to the operators and like understand their concerns, understand their challenges, their resource limitation, budget limitation. Then you recalibrate.
0: Science is a research-driven investment fund that identifies uncovered, under-researched or misunderstood water sector opportunities that are undercapitalized. Seeing the Sharks or the Dragons in Shark Tank or Dragon Den decide on which company to invest just out of gut feeling and business intuition is fascinating. Indeed, it's thus fascinating that the show is an international hit in almost all its variations. But do things really happen like that in real life? I honestly doubt it. Sure, if you recall my conversation with Reinhard Hübner on that microphone, he told us a couple of stories on how he gets spontaneous pitches that are sometimes so off that his gut feeling is sufficient to turn down the investment opportunity. Yet in all of the cases, you will need more than just gut feeling and intuition. That's why what Michel is sharing today is very interesting. At Science Water, he's in charge of bringing this informed view of the market that builds the rationale for the investment fund to actually bet or not on a technology and or a company. And as he explains, his approach is not very different from an entrepreneur's one. He gathers data around a topic, builds some hypothesis, and then gets actually out in the market to prove this hypothesis right or wrong. As you'll hear. What's actually outstanding in his experience sharing is his honesty to explain how his gut feeling is actually sometimes proven wrong. Data wins over intuition, and actual buying and using behavior trumps all other tales. So without further ado, let me leave him the floor, but not without reminding you that if you like what you hear, please share the word around you. Take that episode and share it with a colleague, a friend, or a Shark tongue fan. And if there's anything you don't like about it, come tell me on LinkedIn. Please do it and I'll see you on the other side. You're listening to Don't Waste Water, the podcast that helps water professionals to improve their wastewater treatment, optimize their operation costs and keep up with the latest market trends. This podcast is brought to you by GF Piping Systems. As a leading supplier of piping systems made of plastics and metal, GF Piping Systems is the global expert for the safe and reliable transportation of water, chemicals, and gas. For more information, visit gfps.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm curious to have yet another discussion with someone from Science Water because I'm still trying to put my finger on what's special about Science Water. If I'm right, you're working on the research part of the company. So what are you exactly looking into?
1: First, thank you for having me. Of course, would love to talk more about like what I do like anyone else. Well, So basically to your point, I do the kind of the research part, but also more of like an actionable research, not just like a research that ends up in like a drawer based in my research and the team's research, we find kind of emerging trends, challenges within the water, and we address these challenges with investments, with finding the right companies or technologies to address these challenges. For example, to make this more concrete, I can talk about our effort in the digitization of water and wastewater utilities. Our portfolio companies work in the water sector at different kind of levels and across the value chain. But one of them is a water and wastewater utilities company where they own water systems, across the U.S. Looking at that specific segment, which is the water operation and the municipal water cycle from the source until the end user, we saw a huge opportunity in digitizing this value chain, maybe as a key stat to give you a sense about the digitization level of the water sector if you compare it to the energy sector it lags by 7 years to paraphrase this one is basically it will take the water sector today 7 years assuming the energy utilities like stop their digitization as they are now it will take it 7 years to catch up with it so imagine kind of like how this gap is widening this is kind of just like to give you a sense of how late the water sector in adopting new technologies as simple as smart metering and this is just like something that you can see and like sense but also goes into kind of like the operation and processes of the actual plant. My point is that we saw this kind of challenge that how can these utilities become more digital and by doing that helps utilities become more efficient optimize operation, optimize resources, both human and financial, et cetera. And there's like a lot of opportunities to realize like the impact obviously, because now you can quantify it, you can also mitigate some environmental risks, etc. What I was trying to say is that we look for challenges among the companies we own, and we kind of develop the capabilities to address them, and the digitization challenge is one thing that we're working on now.
0: So digitization is a challenge because we are late as a sector compared to the energy, okay? But beyond that, why is it a challenge? Why do we need digitization? I'm playing the devil's advocate, sorry, but yeah, yeah, no,
1: that, that, that's a fair point because this is the question we're asked every time we try to like sell a technology or like convince an operator to adopt a new technology like why do we need it as long as it's like working now well i'll give you like an another example to simplify it when you own a water system you have some assets that are within the fence or inside the fence but also you have assets that are outside the fence that are like sometimes like tens or like a hundred miles away from the main plant and these assets are various you have lift stations pump station manholes fire hydrants and you need to make sure they're working you need to make sure like if there's like an issue if there's a flooding or anything you need to keep track of all these assets 20 years ago how do you keep track of like these assets what you do is you have to send someone driving their truck and check if the lift station is actually working, or there's like a light or an alarm, so they drive by it and they see if the alarm is like on, then there's an issue. Nowadays, you can do this with just looking at your phone and checking whether the sensors that are attached to this lift station, whether it's working or not. For example, like with this simple technology, the technical name is the remote SCADA or remote monitoring of these remote assets, you would think every utility has it. But in reality, there are some utilities today still using a technology that's called auto dialers, which is basically when something goes wrong with your lift station, there's like a connected to the towers and the ethernet to calls your phone. In 21st century, you would think this technology is outdated, but still people are using it. So for us, this is how we sell it to the customers. We give them an example. We tell them, okay, how do you do this job? Let's give you a pilot. Let's try a pilot and like tell us how is your life afterwards. This is how we can attack it from like a need and a necessity. Than kind of just like, oh, because it's like fancier to have like this dashboard where you look at all the numbers. So it's like addressing a certain need.
0: Once you've identified that need and you want to address it, how do you address it? What's your vehicle for impact?
1: This is where it comes kind of like our portfolio companies. Now we have a, a platform, a digital water platform where it's focused at finding these technologies that the water sector needs them and then introducing these technologies to them from the pain point. And we do this through our extensive network of companies and distribution networks throughout the U.S. And by actually going, talking to the operators, understanding their issues, inviting them over, having them learn more about the technology and like slowly have them adopt these technologies. And what we see, we start with some systems that are 30, 50 lift stations, each would require censoring, etc. Usually they start with one. We don't have a problem. It takes them probably like a couple of months, if not a year, to adopt one or two. But then later, you see them asking for more and more. And it, just like you see the curve upward trending, but it happens with every customer. But then the good thing is like, because of how the water sector is structured, it's very local and people need to see it before they adopt it. So Mm -hmm. by having a technology introduced into a certain community, after some time, we start seeing other customers coming because they saw their neighbors, is actually using his phone to check the performance of his assets. So there's like kind of like the word of mouth, but also being close to your customers, listening to them and understanding their concerns. You know, no one is gonna go to Amazon and like buy the latest censoring technology, even if it's like way cheaper and it's like way accessible because it can't get to your door. People need to trust you, need to see it. There is a a kind of like natural cycle. Mm -hmm. To adapting the technology. Can you
0: take us a bit behind the scenes to understand how you run your research, because what you're hinting to sounds like something we experienced out there in the field, that digitization is late in the sector, that it covers a lot of needs, that if you want to go distribute it, you need something to power it and digitization will be that vehicle to power it. But beyond this kind of good sense, common sense, which are the facts you're building on to identify a trend?
1: That's a good question. Basically, this is the first question I ask myself. How can I do it? when I was first assigned this task of building our digital platform and like doing the research. I mean, starting with kind of like top down, what are the research out there? What are the challenges that the water sector is facing? I'm kind of like, this is the macro view, which basically everyone knows. You can find it on Google. It's just like accessible, mm-hmm. easy to find, easy to do, but you need structure it, clean it. And then the next kind of like step which many people struggles actually going and like talking to the people understanding from the people who are on the ground how do they perceive these things countless times when doing the desktop research i find these technologies that i think are just mind-blowing like wow this technology can actually tells you for example where is your leak detection exactly like this technology can do this This is like a no-brainer. Of course every utility is gonna jump over it and like adopt it. And then you go and talk actually to the operators and like understand their concerns, understand their challenges, their resource limitation, budget limitation then you recalibrate your sense of like these technologies. That's why you're working as a technology provider, as like someone who's like introducing or investing in new technologies. Sometimes I see there's a mismatch between what's needed and what's being offered. And to answer your questions, through our portfolio companies, because we have direct access to them. They are in the first line. We get all kind of insights and first hand experience of what will work, what's not going to work. And also, especially through CSWR, since they're the case in point here, they experience all these different challenges.
0: To round off that, that conversation, I'd like to have a crystal ball question. You're looking at the trends, you're looking at how to action the trends, but do you have a KPI which tells you that you had actually an impact on a five Or 10 years outlook
1: we're now in the process of developing our kpis across the portfolio to quantify this but i think one of the tangible impact we see and like we hear this from our customers is that you go and introduce the technology of like let's say remote monitoring into like a certain utility but then you hear back it's like oh actually now we're attracting younger generation because the perception of operating utility and like not necessarily like tech savvy but no we're actually giving you the opportunity to use technology utilize technology to make your life easier So then we see because we offer also like customization and different kind of services. We see customers coming to us saying, okay, so can you add, for example, different kind of sensors or can you add like, for example, we have this customer. They monitor tank level, which is like basic. You find it everywhere. But then they realize the value of like censoring, the value of like monitoring, the value of data. They were like, okay, so we have issues with the tank maintenance and how sometimes there are cracks, there are leaks that we didn't know about until after it happens. So how can we solve it with this technology? For example, like working with like technologies that address emerging issues that are not like if you go on like Google sensor to help me with the tank cracks, it's not there. You know, We work with our customers to develop the next gen technologies to help them address their issues. So to your question, how do we know whether the impact is there or not is by them kind of reacting and like even like one Wanting more to adopt even more. So this is something positive, and we hope to see at some point that the water sector is like caught up with like the other industries and even further.
0: To round off these interviews, I have a couple of rapid fire questions. So it's short questions, I mean two short answers, but I'm never cutting the microphone. The first one is what is the most exciting project you've been working on and why? Talked a
1: lot about digitization, but I think helping water and wastewater utilities to become more digital and to bring more talents into the water sector where they can like have impact through digitization and working in technology. And this is, I think is very exciting and also kind of like good energy.
0: What is the one single thing which you're doing today in your job, which you will not be doing in 10 years?
1: I think it's kind of like explaining to people why water like matter. Hopefully in 10 years, you know, people will get why water is something essential and not just like the water we drink, but also the water infrastructure and everything around
0: it. I would love that you're fully right here. I just fear <laughs> we might have to still expand it in 10 years, but fingers crossed. And last question for me, what is the trend to watch out for in the water sector, which is not digitization?
1: One trend that we see happening in the water sector, which is not digitization, but also has to do with technology, which is cybersecurity and how now the threat of cybersecurity is very understated, but also very significant in terms of like the threat and the risk it poses to water systems and like utilities, but also it's like a national risk. So I think more focus in terms of like from the different sca- stakeholders, is something we're gonna see emerging. And it's an opportunity for small companies, operators, and everyone is like to start ahead of the game.
0: Awesome. Well. Thanks a lot for sharing these insights, this behind the scenes, and I'll let you have a good rest of the conference. Thank so, you so much. And thanks a lot. Thank you. This is it for another episode of the Don't Waste Water podcast. I'd like to hand out a special thanks to Science Water for enabling it. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to give it a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. I don't know if I deserve five stars, but my guest surely does. Do it now, tell it to your friends and I'll be back very soon with the next interview.